Welcome to ADHD is Over, a new podcast on a seemingly old label that we're going to be peeling off. Join my wife, Tatiana, and I as we journey with our family, the Wyden family, through the land of confusing information. We're going to visit both sides and let you decide because the power is with you. Welcome to ADHD is Over. Hello, hello, and welcome back. Today, my guest is Jay Lynn McFerron. Jay is an experienced mindfulness skills instructor, registered yoga teacher, and mindful yoga coach. She has over 1,500 hours of yoga teacher training. Besides yoga and mindfulness, Jay also has delved deeply into Reiki, shamanic practices, trauma recovery studies, astrology, and mindful music. Her mission is to hold space for others to heal through music, sound, perspectives, movements, and meditation. I'm super excited to dive in and talk trauma, ADHD, and healing with Jay. Hello, Jay. Welcome. Thank you. Good to be here. Yes, it's great to have you. Um, I know I know you have a pretty amazing life story. Uh, we talked about that. <laughs> you have, you're pretty much a Swiss army knife of healing modalities. You're a yoga teacher, Reiki practitioner. You're a life coach. You have researched trauma healing. The list is pretty long and pretty cool. So I'm excited to dive in and perhaps let's start with your life story. Um, <laughs> I know it's, it, you know, it's your life. It's not a short story, but it's fascinating. And I would love to just okay. have our listeners just kind of get where you're coming from, because there's that famous saying, right? All everybody who's helping people heal is, is originally actually healing themselves first, right? And mm -hmm. in the process, also healing themselves, but committed to giving it away, so to speak. So sure. where did you, um, you know, I speak a lot about the overlap of ADHD and trauma. There's actually um, a study that, that uh, proves that I think it's close to 90% of all uh, childhood trauma symptoms overlap with ADHD. So trauma is an important conversation. So where did you get your wake up call in your life when you were like, you know what, I, I, I got to heal my trauma and I got to help people heal theirs. Okay. Uh, well, I was about 36. So in 2012, not very long ago, I finally woke up from the trance of being a abused human being my whole life. So it, uh, it was, it's one of those things with a lot of people with trauma, they, they don't realize they're traumatized because it's normalized, especially for children. So I had no idea what I was trying to heal, but I'd been on a healing path since I was 17. And I finally had the wake up call when I was uh, deeply depressed, wounded. I had a torn shoulder muscle and my whole shoulder girdle is stretched out the joint itself. And I refused surgery. I refused antidepressants. And uh, I was suicidal. I was ready to go. I was ready to trust that my sons would be okay. And I just had to get out of here. It was uh, too bad. It was too much. Couldn't take it anymore. And I finally met uh, 
a psychologist slash astrologer. And he started to reveal to me the extent of how traumatized I actually was. Wow. And so that was the beginning of my journey. But to go back a little further to how I have all these modalities, I when I was 17, I, I wanted to heal. I was a very sickly person. And um, basically because I'd been through so much abuse and my immune system was shot. So I was, and my mom had put me on anti, uh, what's it called? Antibiotics over and over and over and over and over four or five, six times a year, you know? So my immune system was super shot and I was very sick traveling around the country with my backpack, hitchhiking around. And every time I ate, I was sick. And so I started to focus on first dietary nutrition herbs how do i run this human physical thing and then i started to feel a little bit better and then i was like well i still feel weird i don't know what's wrong and doctors couldn't help me so then i found yoga and i found chanting bhakti yoga in specific and then i found shamanic practices and i got certified as a shamanic practitioner and doing uh, soul retrievals and soul integration and drum journey uh, facilitation. And uh, that was back in 2004. And then I, I stuck with the yoga and then I did uh, breath work and Reiki and I was just trying to figure it out, you know, okay, well, what does this one work? Does this one work? And I would get fully certified so I could share it with others. And eventually um, finding out about the trauma was the last piece, actually. Wow. And when you found out and you started to go back in your past, how far back were you able to uncover? Like how far back can you take us to where you can now consciously see yourself uh, uh, getting traumatized? Consciously see. Um, well, I know so much about the process that I feel like I can consciously be aware of being in the womb and the health that was around me, the stress my mother was going through just because of how she was raised and she was paranoid schizophrenic, undiagnosed for many, many, many years. So I was in that right away. And it was um, before she was on any medications too. So my brother and sister were in the womb with medication, whereas I wasn't so I had that beginning story my conscious memory I remember as far back as four and um just feeling like a really bad person like I must be really bad there's something really wrong with me you know she's really mad why is she so mad at me and then my next conscious memory is putting on a backpack as probably like a five or six year old and being like wow this hurts I was one of those people that had the 
neck shoulder thing from trauma you know you're just so tight my nervous system probably from being in the womb was just so tight and instant pain just right away like when I think back like how long has this been here it's like what four or five at least as far back as I can remember so you were always surrounded by chaos, uh, unpredictability, possible harm, Yep. right? How is a nervous system supposed to ever relax in that environment? It doesn't. It can't. And, mm -hmm. you know, while you yourself, you didn't have, or I'm assuming weren't diagnosed with ADHD, um, a lot of girls are not. Um, the overlap that I was talking about between ADHD and childhood trauma is primarily, not primarily, but mostly boys mm -hmm. because they end up uh, uh, diagnosed or, you know, outcast, I should say outcast, singled out as the ADHDers. But then for, for women, girl, for girls, a lot of it becomes depression, um, you know, eating disorders, suicidal mm -hmm. thoughts, which you mentioned, um, uh, uh, you know, but it's all coming from not feeling safe as a, as a young person. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I, I'm, my mind did as I remember my first F <laughs> was it in history and I just couldn't focus. And this was like fifth grade and yeah. I was already struggling in school. So you're right. I have never thought of that. Actually. I probably, have AD, had have ADHD, but well, it, do, it doesn't have to be that, right? Well, first of all, I mean, I don't want to get into it now, but I always say there is no, there is no ADHD, <laughs> right. meaning not that there isn't a struggle that certain people are experiencing, right? Especially at a, in a school environment, but it's, it's made up. It's a term. It's an abbreviation of a labeled disorder based on symptoms, which really are behaviors, right? So you're behaving at school, I should say, your, your inability to focus was due to your brain or your nervous system trying to process what's going on at home and trying to feel safe and make sense of it, right? Yes. Why would you want to learn history or geography in that moment or algebra or anything that's, I yeah. call it force-fed information? Why? You can't. Mm -hmm. Even if you wanted to, you couldn't, right? Right. Yeah. Hence why I dropped out. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. And then yeah. you, uh, uh, what other, um, not disorders, but did you ever, did anybody ever say, oh, you're, you have depression or, oh, you have what your mom had or, oh, you know, how did that show up? I actually, um, my, my boy's dad, uh, my ex, he would constantly say, you're bipolar, you're bipolar, you're bipolar. He was always saying that to me. So I was feeling suicidal and super, super depressed, so much pain. I can't even express how much pain physically I was in. So I would work for a day and lay on the floor for two days, work for a day, lay on the floor for two days. I was in so much pain and trying to feed the boys and all this. So I finally go in, I'm like, Hey, am I bipolar? And they're like, no, you're, you're like severely depressed. You're mm -hmm. severely depressed. You need to be on meds. Let's do this. And I said, no, I don't want to be on your meds. Yeah. So 
And um, this was, uh, these were professionals or friends oh, or yeah. who, who's professionals? Yeah. I, I finally went in to see someone when um, they, it was 2012. So I think I was like 36 or 35 or something. Wow. Mm -hmm. So I just want to acknowledge you for the strength and courage that it takes to experience life, the, the kind of life that you just described, come out the other end like a fighter, right? Committed to healing your own trauma and then therefore contributing to your children. And I'm, I'm assuming you have a decent relationship now with your ex or you guys are not or no. Okay. No, that, is, he, that assumption. Yeah. He, I wish I would totally be open to it, but, mm. um, yeah, he's That's still got I, an alcoholic brain. So got it. Got it. Yeah. Okay. I assume because I, I see how open you are. I figured maybe that worked itself out, but it is what it is. Right. But I just, again, I wanted to acknowledge you for uh, being a fighter. I mean, I think a lot of, uh, a lot of adults like yourself, um, sort of had to undo the damage on their own, you know, from what our parents did. And again, they, they did the best they could, right? It's no point of blaming them. Right. Um, but you're drawing a line in the sand in a way. Yeah, absolutely. And I've, I've done a lot of forgiveness work and all that good stuff on all of it. You know, um, what I have found is exactly what you're saying i've been acknowledged by so many professionals that i because now i work in the field i uh lucked out honestly and because i am so certified in all of these alternatives i found a job in the mental health field i have no college education and yet i get to work with all of these college educated people with different clients. So I'll be on different teams and I'm the alternative healer coming in, the alternative coach coming into a, a client situation mm -hmm. and helping in the way that I help. And the people who have heard my story are like, how, how are you okay? How are how are you not on meds? <laughs> you know, I've had that question <laughs> so many times. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. Cause that's our go-to in our society, right? It's the quick fix, or in this case, it's, uh, it's handling, uh, uh, you know, we call it a mental disorder, but it's really handling the damage, um, of, of these traumatized behaviors, right? The friction you have in the environment is so slapping medication on top of it is, yeah, it's a bandaid. It can kind mm -hmm. of stop the bleeding, but it's not really addressing the deeper wound. Yeah. And some people prefer the, the, the bandaid. Yeah. And you know, I used to judge, I I'll, I'm authentic about that. I can own that. I used to judge at the beginning and I was like, no meds and people shouldn't do meds. And why are they doing meds? And now it's just like, look, I get it. Some people, mm -hmm. some people's lives are so chaotic and, and they have set their lives up to be, you know, it's like two parents, two, two uh, hamster wheels. All right. They can't get off. It's like that, that never ending uh, uh, what do they call it? The grind or the, mm -hmm. the hustle, right? And, and meanwhile, their kids are like, where, where, are, my, where are my parents? Where, yeah, the rat race. Thank you. And then the kids are like, where are my parents? They're here, but they're not here. Right. You know? And now we have the phones. Yes. Now we have video games, phones, and so forth, and social mm -hmm. media. And so, yeah, I, I, you know, it's interesting how 
yes, band-aids are okay for a while, right? While we dive deeper, but most people are not willing to dive deeper. And it sounds like you really took a deep dive. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, thank you for sharing your story. Um, yeah. So let's talk about ADHD. So you have worked with people with ADHD, adults and mm -hmm. children. And what do you, where do you see most of the, uh, I should say, where do you see a lot of benefits with what modalities? And, and perhaps you've seen them in, in all your modalities, but could you just share a little bit what you've seen in your practice? What made a difference perhaps for a child or for an adult? Okay. Uh, I'm just curious. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, working with kids, I've definitely, uh, I have a style with them where I let them be the boss and they get to lead me on what they like and what activities do they want to do. I always give choices and, um, I do have some yoga games that I'll play, but I have noticed that, um, the fast paced energy children love to win. Like they're very competitive, actually. <laughs> I've noticed that. So I, I just have to let them win, even when I see them cheating and, you know, they'll, they'll do everything they can to win. And, and I, I take note of that and I try to work that into another lesson somewhere down the line, but not to be like, no cheating here, you know, cause it's to me, a therapeutic relationship is, is honoring authentically where you are right now. And if it's that you want to cheat on a game, okay. You want to cheat on a game. You won. Yep. You know? Uh -huh. uh, so working with adults, I've had all kinds all over the map. Some people want to dive into the shamanic work and they find great benefit in it. Other people, uh, don't want to talk about spirituality they don't want it they don't want to think about that because their traumas around spirituality or religion and and they're not ready they're not honestly capable of going there so um i might just work on breath i might work on gentle qigong movements um so it really, I just meet a person. I see where they're at. I see what they want to do. I see how ready they are to learn versus how they just need to tell their story or, or they can't handle their story. So they just want to share some time. They just want to go for a walk, you know, like I'll, I'll do whatever to just try to engage them a little bit. You know, if they're feeling super wound up, we go for a walk and usually it ends up in a conversation who they were in a fight with last or, you know, so it, mm -hmm. it ends up revealing and creating a therapeutic experience for them. And what I'm gathering is that it's, it's really about what allows them again, to calm down, to be, to feel safe, right? If you have a child that it gets to be the boss when at home and at school, the, the he or she has a boss, right? The teacher's like, no, don't do this. The parent says, you can't do this, can't do that, don't do that. And here you are letting them lead you, mm -hmm. right? Absolutely. That ought, that ought to create an opening and a, and a, and a connectedness uh, that, that the child opens up and probably tells you stuff that she or he never tells their parents. Yeah. 
And it's really beautiful because that's really it. Trauma and ADHD is, is how we are looking for having some control. How do I have control over my life? And yeah, I mean, how many parents be like, nope, you're playing that game wrong. These are the roles. This is how you play this game. How many people just say, hey, how do you want to play this game? I don't care what the rules are. <laughs> you know? yeah. So, yeah, it, it's all about having a sense of control. Yeah. And, that's, and letting someone have that. That's really great. I love how you brought that to the table um, that, you know, when your life is out of control as a child, when there's no safety, there's no uh, certainty in the household, the parents are chaotic, everything is up, upside down, that's out of control. And like you said, um, for these children to somehow or somewhere find control, whatever that looks like, is the go-to. Mm -hmm. So they feel in control. Yeah, and sometimes that's acting out and having the, the same reaction of yeah. someone yelling, okay, well, I'm in control here. I can make you yell. <laughs> <laughs> I can engage you. Right. You will pay attention to me because I am breaking some windows or jumping off a, a desk in the classroom, right? Whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's always been, you know, it never uh, computed or resonated with me when I heard there's another disorder called the oppositional defiance disorder. Oh, yeah. Right. It's ODD. Supposedly, a lot of kids that have ADHD have ODD as well. And I was talking to Gabor Mate about this, and he said, look, it's a relationship, uh, you know, it, it, or I, I don't want to paraphrase and I'm going to butcher it, but he said, it, it, there's proof that it's not a disorder because if you don't have somebody to be defiant with, and if you're not defiant with every person, that means it's not really a disorder. It's a relational kind of issue, right? Or struggle or friction. Absolutely. And again, wanting to control the person they're with, right? Um, feeling like, or they, or, or you could say on the flip side of that coin is the uh, avoiding to be dominated, right? Don't control me. Yes. I don't want to be controlled. Right? Exactly. Had enough of that. Yeah, absolutely. That's beautiful. And tell me about your research into trauma healing. What did you... Um, what stuck out as you were digging around, just like we're doing? What what stuck out in during that research? Uh, well, my favorite piece was things solutions solutions to the overactive nervous system. I also have fibromyalgia, which I finally figured out, which made me very happy. <laughs> <laughs> and um, again, I re I refused the meds, but I just wanted to understand what was going on, and what I've noticed. Uh, for people with trauma is that I think we, the nervous system has its own mind. It, it has its own uh, set of triggers uh, and very likely does not stop for a lot of people. So there's the breath work that had been studied I, I took a class called the neurobiology of trauma. And a lot of the people that I know you've interviewed were teachers in that class. And I've also done some work with Gabor Mate too. Oh, great. Um, 
And what they found is mindfulness, being able to pause and feel, how do I feel right now? What's going on without judgment is a huge, huge healing step. But the breath work uh, that came out of these studies is a one ratio inhale and a two ratio exhale. And that overrides the autonomic nervous system. So that just extending the exhale, it doesn't have to be measured. It doesn't have to be a perfect ratio, but just extending the exhale brings the nervous system into rest and digest. The perfect ratio works faster than just extending the exhale. But what I've seen with people who are beginning their a panic attack or um, somebody who's just really high anxiety to give them the, the long exhale, I call it the double long exhale breath. And it works so quickly, it's beautiful. Um, would you like me to just go through like an example of what I would say? Yeah, sure. Okay. That'd be great. Okay. So how I enjoy this breath work, rather than counting, because counting can be triggering, I use a mantra. And the mantra I use is Om Tat Sat. So Om is the universal creation energy sound. Tat means I offer. And Sat means my truth. So Om Tat Sat, I offer my truth. And if your truth is you're in the middle of anxiety, that's okay. The universe is totally fine with that. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the ratio is one Om Tat Sat in and two Om Tat Sats out. So I, I'll just guide a few breaths in my hand is inhale, exhale. And I won't be doing the breath with you, but I'll guide it. So one om tat sat in, two om tat sat, om tat sat out. Okay, so ready. Begin with an exhale. And then om tat sat, om tat sat, om tat sat, om tat sat. Om tat sat, om tat sat, om tat sat, om tat sat, om tat sat. One more. Om tat sat, om tat sat, om tat sat. Nice. I feel good. <laughs> I, it I, works. <laughs> I know it was short, but it really brought me back to this moment, right? I had a couple of concerns noise levels, where my wife is at schedule wise, what's next, you know, those things come up when I'm, when I have a tight schedule and I work and I do my podcast, I try to be as present as possible, but those things still come in. But when we did that just now, like I was able to just focus on your voice. And then when I come, came back and looked at your face and you were smiling, I was like, oh yeah, that's all I have to focus on. <laughs> so that was cool. Thanks yeah. for doing that. Yeah. Yeah, so that's my favorite skill that I, I share with everyone. 
And do you recommend uh, to, that to parents? Like when your child is, is, you know, let's say your ADHD child has a meltdown or is, you know, something's up. Okay. For kids, my favorite tool is a little different and uh, is Satanama, Satanama. And uh, it, it gives them busy, something to do with their hands. And it's actually... Uh, a studied and shown to be very effective with Alzheimer's and uh, healing stroke uh, results. <laughs> and for kids, it, it really helps, especially ADHD, because you're, you've got your fingers, you've got a mantra, and you've got a, a focus, a mental yeah, focus. Yeah. Um, with Kids, it, again, it always depends on where they're at and how much they can handle. And maybe all they can handle is sa ta na ma sa ta na ma sa ta na ma sa ta na ma. So, yeah. So for our listeners, it's basically the the thumb is touching each finger, right? Starting yes. with index finger and then middle finger and ring finger and pinky. Yeah. So I didn't know if people would see this visually. Listeners, it would be, yeah, ring finger is sa. Or index. Index finger, thank you, is sa. And you press. There's a press. And ta is middle finger, thumb, press. Na, ring finger, thumb, press. And ma is the pinky, press. Yeah. And it's both uh, hands, uh, but you know, with kids, it's just, you just want to get them doing something. Yeah. But Satanama is simply accepting the circle of life. Nice. So it, it really helps them and they don't really know what it, they don't, these things, they don't need to know what it is. It helps. It helps adults, especially because we want to understand, Whoa. whereas kids don't care. Yeah, we need to know everything. Us adults, we're like, "Where's that? What, what does that smell? And where's that coming from? And why is that here? And what you know, constantly all day long, what's right? It mean, what's it mean? Yeah. Kids are like, "No, this feels good. I like yeah. it." You know, it's interesting mm -hmm. because I recently talked to another medium healer who said that uh, ADHD kids uh, thrive in eye uh, eye hand coordination, right? In games like tennis, baseball. Um, football, right? Not so much soccer. I mean, they play soccer, but what really helps them with their ADHD is to be engaged in sports that are heavy on the, on the uh, eye-hand coordination. So that reminded me when you were saying you're doing this, but they're busy, their hands, they have to look at their hands, they have to mat, you know, you have to kind of get your fingers to, you, after a while you can do it blind, but mm -hmm. um, I think mm -hmm. that's, that's the whole point. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the skill that I teach all kids, some adults. Mm -hmm. Great, great. And when you have uh, uh, parents, uh, you know, let's say you're, you're treating it, you're working with a child and the parent is there, you leave them with some exercises they get, I'm assuming you leave them with some tools. Um, have you had parents report back? Oh my God, this works. I didn't think so. Like what's the level of surprise or excitement there? The feedback that I generally get is, wow, they love you so much. <laughs> oh, it's <laughs> They're <you. laughs> always wondering when they're going when you're gonna be back. Yeah. 
that's the the feedback that's so interesting or a social worker will report that the parent has been amazed at how much uh more calm they are that night or um yeah how happy they are with the work that I'm doing even though sometimes it's just letting them play (laughs) and playing with them not just letting them play but playing with them but I think that's a very that's a great answer and uh also I I think a testament to the importance of of our way of being when we're with kids not just what we're doing right because you can pick up a book or go to a podcast and get some some tips and tricks and tools right and uh they go, well, actually, you know, he or she loves being with Jay. Well, that's mm-hmm. okay. Well, why is that? Well, because you let them be themselves. You, you let them be the boss. You follow them, right? You let them lead. Mm-hmm. And you probably, I would assume, don't ever judge them. Right. Yeah, they, they, everybody feels that. You know, that's, that's something that uh, I'm trying to think it was Stephen Porges, uh, polyvagal theory, right? Mm-hmm. He, I had a, the, the fortune of interviewing him and he said that, um, you know, it, it, how did he say it? it? It was around, we talked about the nervous system, obviously, but he was saying that when you, when you let kids be, right, when you don't, this, this, is, this was the word I was looking for. He said, when you don't evaluate them, constantly and that's a judgment is an evaluation right and at school you're evaluated for your grades and in life you're evaluated for your looks and for how you act and your behavior and at home you're evaluated for again your grades and you know all there's all this judgment and evaluation and so no wonder they're all stressed out uh, you know whether you have adhd or not there's just a lot of judgment and evaluation coming at them absolutely and that kind of brings up the whole cultural collective consciousness. And that is true in all realms that we're all experiencing. And sometimes we tap into it and go into the self-judgment if nobody else is judging us because we right. don't know how to handle that feeling. It's like, oh, nobody else is judging me. Well, I got this. I can do it myself. You are, <laughs> yeah. You know, you are this and you're not enough and you're not good enough and you're bad <laughs> and wrong, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, so you're not immune to that is what you're saying. Yeah. No, I'm not immune to it, but I definitely can tell when it's happening and shift out of it. Yeah. You have that awareness of stopping it and or shifting out of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And uh, what would you like... Um, parents of children with ADHD to know um, about their children. And I, and I really want to take, <laughs> I, I really want to, Jay, I really want to take this big picture. Okay. Like big picture. Cause you're a big picture depth, you know, soul metaphysics. Like what would you like to, you know, parents listening to this, what would you like to tell them mm. about their children? Who are their children? We're all soulful beings. We're all here having a physical experience, but we're all just souls coming here to work on our karma and experience this world as it is. And what I feel for our youth is that we are up against social media, media, expectations, educational, strict 
parameters and it's really important to play and it's really important to connect and uh, we need to play with our children we need to watch our children and listen to their stories they really want someone to hear them and they really enjoy and love being heard so that that would be my main advice for all of us <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah. What I heard uh, amongst many things is really play and uh, listening to our children, being there for them. Mm -hmm. Taking not... time to turn off our phones, put them down, put down the rule book, just get down, get be, down and play. Be childish. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Enjoy life. I love that. There we go. Well, this has been a wonderful conversation, Jay. I really appreciate your vulnerability of sharing your own story. And I acknowledge you again for being just a, a fighter, you know, to come out on the other end and to be committed to helping other people heal. To me, that's just a big heart. So thanks for Thank being you. you. Namaste. Yeah, namaste. And I will have in the show notes some links where people can find you so they can reach out to you, contact you if they have any questions around exercises or modalities that would help perhaps with ADHD or just in general, it doesn't have to be just for ADHD. Mm -hmm. um, we have many listeners who are just, you know, following some of our guests or they want to hear, learn about a, a modality or healing trauma. So uh, that's where people will be able to find you. And uh, thanks again. And perhaps we'll do a follow up in the future, but it was lovely having you. Yeah, thank you so much. Of course, my pleasure. <laughs>